Welcome to the Nerd Review. This is the show where we talk about movies, TV shows, video games, books, and comic books. You're listening to episode 8, and today we're talking about horror movies. These are some of my favorite movies. We are well into the month of October. Spook season has begun in the lead up to Halloween. I am doing a 31 nights of Halloween horror, watching, attempting to watch at least 31 horror movies or Halloween themed movies. They're not all your R rated horror movies, but they're Halloween just the same. So let's jump into horror movies, shall we? Now, horror movies are some of my favorite movies. Um, going back uh, all the way back to when I was uh, around seven years old, I would say I started watching the Halloween themed movies. You know, I grew up watching Scooby Doo, and I always liked a good ghost story. And uh, probably the best, the best example I can think of of uh, one of my first viewings of a horror movie was the first viewing of Resident Evil for me. So if you can picture a small computer room in the early 2000s, it's just big enough for a desk, maybe a bookcase and a small table, uh, you know, behind your computer chair for some stuff. And uh, so my uncle at the time, uh, you know, he's good at uh, U-Torrent and, and pirating. So we, we've gotten ourselves a bootleg copy of Resident Evil 1, the first Resident Evil movie. And picture the CRT, the tiny CRT monitor, and my uncle sitting in the computer chair, and my, my brother, who's about two years older than me, so he'd have been nine at the time, and he's sitting next to him in the chair. And for, so the only way for me to see the screen is to take a third chair and put it on that table that was behind my uncle, and I'm sitting on the ta- on, on the chair on the table, and I'm sitting on the on the chair so that I can see above his head over his shoulders and look down at this 14 inch maybe 14 inch uh, crt monitor and a bootleg a hand camera camcorder like somebody snuck in a video recorder into the theater uh in the early 2000s to record this movie and that's the first horror movie I watched. That was the first time I see it. When you think about it too, it's like it was a, it was a horrifying situation. Like I would never watch a movie in those in that type of uh, you know uh, low quality, low low resolution, shaky hand cam. Like now it's just worth it to wait. You know, just go see the movie in theaters or or wait until it comes out on on a streaming platform. But back then, this was uh, this was an acceptable. Uh, you know, scenario to uh, to enjoy some entertainment. Uh, I remember getting uh, everybody getting in a little bit of trouble. Uh, I was I was considered too young to be watching the movie. Uh, the first Resident Evil was decently uh, graphic. There was really good special effects, and that's uh, probably I, I trace that back to being like the first time I wasn't. Like, I wasn't overly scared, right? I was more enthralled and I enjoyed watching the movie. And I, I was enough, I was mature enough, let's say it. You know, I was mature enough. Um, I like to think so that I I grasped that this was fake. Uh, you know, I was... I wasn't, uh, you know, uh, traumatized by the depictions of zombies on screen, uh, but I, I thoroughly enjoyed it and thus started um, my yearning for more horror movies. And at the beginning, it was a tough go because uh, when you're seven and eight, you know, seven or eight years old, and you're like, I want to watch this new horror movie. I want to watch this. You get you get a resounding no. You're too young. And so it was a lot of late night, uh, you know, rummaging through my uncles or my, you know, the the the, the grown ups VHS or DVD collection and you know sneaking downstairs when everyone was asleep so that my brother and I could uh, sneak in uh, this you know R-rated or or you know PG-13-16 uh, movie and and just have a grand old time of scaring the bejesus out of ourselves while watching some of these uh, more adult films that uh, you know weren't intended for for the eyes of your seven eight and uh, ten year olds but that was that was the thing to do back then and oh man those are some good memories and it definitely led to a lifelong passion uh, not passion but uh, enthusiasm about yeah no i guess i'm passionate i'm passionate about uh horror movies and i love the lead up uh, to halloween you know i'm gonna watch i, I said it in the intro that uh, it's called the 31 nights of halloween horror that's what i like to call it and i try to watch at least one movie a night sometimes i get up uh, you know on a saturday i can watch up to four or five movies uh my girlfriend and i just post up on the sofa and just crack them out one after the other 
we actually just did that uh, this week. We started with um, the, the, the new movie with uh, Pete Davidson, Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. That's a great uh, slasher comedy. So there, there's definitely the, uh, you know, it breaks down. Some people just, they clump it in horror movies. But horror movies, you know, they fall into the category of Halloween movies. And Halloween movies fall sometimes fall into the category of horror movies. And, you know, there's your slasher movies, your horror movies. Um, I'm just going to say it up front. There's your torture porn movies and you're talking like saw and hostile and you know some of them get a bit gratuitous and that's not for everybody but um there's definitely like a breakdown a category of different kinds of horror um you got your psychological horror your body horror uh you got your just straight up gore movies so like think hellraiser um that's actually what we're watching some of the movies that we're watching right now uh as part of my 2020 uh halloween horror marathon uh we're making our way through the hellraiser uh franchise there's 11 movies including one that just came out uh this month this uh, 2022 the 11th hellraiser movie just actually came out which is incredible uh, it's really incredible that we still get these long uh, these longevity the, these franchises that go you know hellraiser the, the newest one 2022 and the original one uh, 1988 1987 something like that like we're, we're talking 30 years of horror franchise and pinhead if you're familiar with the the franchise the center bites uh, you know it's, it's amazing it's one of the things that drew me to uh, horror movies these long uh, you know decade arcing uh, franchises with these characters that have been established so long ago that just keep coming back iteration after iteration and it's kind of the you know it tips the it flips this whole script of you know the good guys always win well in these horror movies the bad guys always win and if you've watched a Friday the 13th movie or a Nightmare on Elm Street movie you know at the end you know it looks like oh you know they and they lived and then the last scene is like eh, 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 and like somebody just gets like stabbed or you know in your you know somebody just jumps out and you know michael never dies jason never dies freddie you know they always find a way to come back and sometimes it's original sometimes the way that they come back is a bit uh, derivative it's trite they just replay over and over again oh you thought you killed him that time but uh he found a way to come back somebody's gonna you know light the black candle or they're they're gonna sacrifice the virgin they're gonna bleed you know innocently on uh, on the, the the tribal markings on the ground that will resurrect the soul of their dead brother that's i'm getting a bit specific that's, that's the first uh um hellraiser movie that's how the whole thing started uh, the guy like bled in the room where his brother had died and it, it allowed him to escape from hell and come back and uh well you know there's a bunch of family hijinks ensues and everybody dies <laughs> <laughs> that's uh you know that's a little bit of a spoiler for the original hellraiser which um I, I, I just I, I like I was saying I was just watching those and uh, it, one of the things I always found hilarious about the first hellraiser was that it's it's quintessentially being like it's obviously that they're in England the house the whole design of the, well, the design the the aesthetic of this area is England but for some reason they keep trying to sell you the fact that they're in America and there's like oh, I love living in Detroit it's like dude what are you talking about you clearly don't live in America that was that was quite amusing I looked into that and it was apparently to boost sales in America they wanted people to relate to it and they thought that if they they told people or they acknowledge acknowledge the fact that they're clearly in England that people wouldn't like the movie as much and you know pure all these weird statistics they get are interesting like that I'm curious who came up with that the the marketing statistic that if people knew that it, not knew like we clearly the audience clearly knows like it's not it's really hard to tell you that this like this obviously British house on this obviously British street in this obviously England area is not Detroit America no matter how many like opening scenes you show of downtown Detroit when you cut to this house just no <laughs> so the, trying to deceive the audience or convince us otherwise is just like we're not stupid it's asinine but I digress on my uh, little tangent of <laughs> that that weird aspect of the first Hellraiser uh, so what I was saying about the genres so I, I like all of them there's the the PG-13 your, your, your teen slasher movies so you're not gonna have blood in those movies uh, people are gonna get get stabbed you know in the stomach and you're not gonna see it you're gonna see like you know a zoom in of their face and they're just gonna be like oh 
you stabbed me. How could you do that? And and think like your Marvel level violence. That's that's your PG thirteen slasher movies. Uh, examples would be like Escape Room um, or anything that they play on TV. Uh, the Escape Room movies were really good. Uh, I enjoyed those. Your, your Teen Scream uh, type stuff. So uh, th- there's a few series that also fall into that one. Um, but they're also pushing the envelope on what Teen Scream uh, means because it's not it's not always PG thirteen in the Teen Scream. So like we're really like <laughs> we're splitting hairs here now. You know like the genres are very um, niche almost. Like there's not niche but like um, what's another word for niche? Uh, uh, very specific. Yeah. So like you have your Teen Scream and then you have your PG thirteen Teen Scream. But then you could have uh, I'm off the top of my head from Amazon. Uh, they had the uh, the remake of well not the remake the adaptation of I Know What You Did Last Summer, um, which I will just say off the top wow they did such an amazing job adapting i know what you did last summer from those those uh, terrible movies slasher movies from the 90s with jennifer love hewitt um they were just, i mean the title in and of itself was i know what you did last summer and then the sequel was i still know what you did last summer like wow okay so you didn't suffer a head injury and forget everything that i did last summer that was that was great um <laughs> like so those movies just I can't say enough about how uh, just terrible they are. Like they're they're the the classic, uh, you know, a studio. Not classic in the sense that they're classic movies. It's classic in the sense that the studio needed to make a horror movie in response to other studios making good horror movies. But what they ended up making was nowhere near a good horror movie. It was it's it's just cliche after cliche and you know terrible writing, terrible decision making. And while a lot of people will say that's you know that's par for the course in a horror movie it's true but sometimes you want you know you don't want it to be so blatantly obvious that the characters are just stupid and poorly written um that's just you know there should be one or two stupid characters and depending on which movie you're watching there might be some movie magic or you know you know your main character magic where they're the ones that will never die they're gonna get you know slashed on the arm and they're gonna get punched a few times but they'll never take a take a killing blow they're the ones that's gonna be you know uh, what we've coined the term lately is final girl you know they're gonna live and they're going to be the the final one standing. You know, maybe they're the virgin, or they're the one that abstained from, uh, you know, smoking that marrow, that you know, that illegal marijuana. There <laughs> um, was very Friday the Thirteenth, and at the time, you know, it was pretty much, you know, the formula was like if you drank, smoked, or had sex, you know, these were the things that were going to condemn your soul. So the murderer is going to go after you. Um, we've done away. Well, we've done away. The the industry has kind of. Uh, uh, come away from that uh, motif and there's been some really good movies that have like played that like played that up like oh really like just, I'm gonna die because I'm the girl or you know we're, we're all smoking so we're all gonna die um, well I, I mentioned the the term final girls there's a film um, final final girls I think is actually the name right on the money um, and that was that was a great movie it's a bit of a sci-fi horror movie where like the the cast the characters end up going into a horror movie and then there's like there's all these like rules of the horror movie and those rules you know in this movie are the rules that we observe so if you've ever seen like a the the first scream movie Wes Craven did this amazingly um you know it was like a meta horror movie where like they kind of like well if this was a horror movie and you're watching the horror movie and then they just they doubled down on that the the scream series they again they just made another Scream 5 just came out last October. Uh, this October, you know, there's the Hellraiser and then there's another uh, Halloween movie. That's what's coming out. They just they just keep cranking them out. And it was th- this, like, meta, these rules, right? There are these rules of horror that, like, uh, if you... It was, it was kind of established in the first Scream movie. Not established, but, like, it was the first time that somebody kind of just, like, announced it to the audience that, like, this is, you know, this is how horror movies go down. And, you know, this is going to be who the killer is. And, you know, there's the exposition drop and this and that. And there was, <laughs> there was really good scenes. And they, uh, they, they make fun of it in the Scream movies really well. In the second Scream movie, there's a movie like in the movie there's a movie about the first events of the first screen movie called stab <laughs> it's just it's, it's almost like seinfeld level uh meta-ness uh, if, if anybody's ever seen seinfeld there's a whole arc you know the show seinfeld is about the comedian in real life jerry seinfeld who you know plays himself a version of himself on the show and then in the show he's approached by nbc to make a show about 
his life and they call it Seinfeld. So sorry, they called it Jerry. So you're watching Seinfeld and in the episode of Seinfeld, Jerry Seinfeld is working with NBC to make a show called Jerry and then they cast all the characters that you watch on Seinfeld. Like it's like mind-boggling levels of meta comedy here and and what's fun is that they get to poke and they get to poke fun at themselves, right? They they're basically acknowledging it without completely breaking the fourth wall and looking directly at the camera and being like wink wink, which some movies have gotten away with. They've done a really good job. You know, She-Hulk is doing that right now. You know, they look right at the camera and acknowledge the audience. And sometimes it's, it's very funny if it's well done. Um, and that's that's the meta comedy, slasher comedy. Um, just like it's a rainbow of horror. It's like a bloody rainbow of horror. There's so many different genres. And you don't realize that from a distance. Like if you're not an initiated fan of horror, if you haven't sat down and watched, you know, 15, 20, 30, 40 horror movies, you don't really realize that there's this like, in, it's an interesting formula, the way that the characters and like these, are we watching, you know, are you watching a horror movie where the good guys are going to win and the killers are going to be revealed at the end? Or is it one of these supernatural bad guys who, you know, you're just watching it to see how many people they kill and like, are they going to figure it out? Like, how is that going to turn out? There's, there's so, there's like a multitude of reasons why you're going to watch a horror movie and it becomes really, it becomes really fun in my opinion. And it's these rules and these characters in this world building um, that really drew me in like I said um, before it, it's these you know these characters that are set up and established so long ago and it's these world building series right where they establish um, rules and let you know like let's not they're not they're not hard rules they're fast and easy rules like they get they get retconned and they get rewritten in almost basically every entry but that's one of the things you come to enjoy like you know in the last movie you know Jason is X Y and Z and now in this movie he's A B C and you know in the last movie he died this way and now in this movie oh actually he died this way and you know, you give you give a script or you give a concept to a different writer and you put X amount of years in between, you know, the first and the most recent, things aren't going to always add up. And then, they, they, you know, there's these these requels that uh, people like to uh, to refer, reference to right now. You know, Scream was a requel. Halloween is a requel. Um, a lot of the, the best horror movies these lately are been requels. And uh, it's not actually a new term. Uh, I recently watched uh, a great video from uh, Mr. Sunday Movies on YouTube about the, the, the lifespan of the Hulk. And, uh, you know, when they were talking about the Edward Norton one, the director actually quoted that it was a requel that it was a reboot sequel of the 2003 Eric Bana um, Hulk. So that's, you know, that's interesting. This term has been around for a really long time, but they, they, they just haven't done as many, uh, you know, as of late. So now the idea with the requel is it's a reboot sequel, right? So you have the original cast, the people from the, the original movies, and you're introducing a newer, younger cast. And, and the goal is to achieve, you know, uh, some sort of symmetry some sort of mesh and you know the handing of the baton the handing of the flame maybe your legacy character uh, sacrifices themselves uh, maybe they maybe they die uh, and and you know the new characters have to carry on you know they're they're pushed to you know they're spurred on you know when they see their old friend or maybe family member or this uh, you know this seasoned grizzly uh, person you know person that's survived all of these encounters previously and uh, that's that's the idea in a requel so it's very Scream, uh, Scream 5, uh, the Halloween uh, trilogy that they're doing right now. You know, it's supposed to erase basically like 13 Halloween movies. And, and this is the, the third Halloween 2, basically. Uh, that's, you know, an interesting concept. Um, and now they're doing the like the third Halloween 3 also. Uh, and that's supposed to end this new trilogy. Um, even outside of the world of horror, uh, Terminator, Terminator Dark Fate, that was considered a requel. They erased, in this movie, they're basically erasing Terminator 3 and saying that this is, you know, this is a direct continuation from Terminator 2. So the events of Terminator 3 and all these other movies are subsequently erased or, you know, if you want to get Marvel about it, it's a different timeline, you know, it's a different, uh, you know, different stream of reality or different universe maybe. You know multiverse uh so this is this is the new thing on requels in horror movies 
and it just adds another layer of you know if you want to take a quote from shrek it's a layer of the onion uh they and they also make people cry <laughs> so <laughs> it's a good quote uh it's a good reference sorry uh, it's, uh, you know, so it's the layer of an onion the, the onion layers of horror movies um you got your requels and you got your genres and you got your rules and it's just a really interesting um you know area of film there's so much going on it's not just like the standard uh, rom-com or like an interesting you know the movies are interesting there's a lot of interesting stories but in horror it becomes it's longevity it's it's 30 years of entries and trying to appease you know different fans maybe some fans they only you know they liked the first two some fans prefer four and six you know some fans for some fans you know one of my favorites is jason 10 the 10th friday the 13th movie which is jason in space like a lot of the movies take random sci-fi turns <laughs> yeah even uh hellraiser 4 uh did that or hellraiser 3 no yeah hellraiser 4 randomly in space which i mean i kind of make sense because at some point they said that the Cenobites were like extraterrestrial extra dimensional travelers that have like gotten blurred the line between pleasure and pain so it's like okay well we're in space now you know like and and the movies just kind of evolve as you know new directors and new you know people want to make a name for themselves so they take this you know pre-existing title this you know halloween or friday the 13th and nightmare on elm street and they want to do something new and sometimes it works really well uh and, and as an example of it working really well in my opinion would be friday uh, freddy versus jason which is kind of uh, a really good good area of horror, which I'm just hoping will continue the versus series. You know, we got Alien versus Predator, uh, Freddy versus Jason, and I'm just hoping for more in that in that vein. Right now, it's, it's kind of stalemated at those ones. Thankfully, the 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 AVP we have more than one. There's Aliens versus Predator, and then uh, a AVP uh, Requiem, which you know again split the split the audiences. There's people that like you know on both sides of the fence. They prefer AVP one, or maybe they prefer neither. But uh, in my opinion, in the uh, Freddy versus Jason was a great attempt at like kind of bringing back Freddy too because like if you had watched the last Nightmare on Elm Street he was like sent to hell and there was no way for him to come back and so he uses Jason to like instill fear again but then Jason just like he's unstoppable he just stop killing people and then it turns into like Freddy needs to stop Jason so that he can kill people <laughs> it was like it was really interesting you know like they kind of just like turned the bad guys on each other and the humans were like okay let them fight it out Maybe they'll kill each other and they'll stop killing us. So it was it was, it was really well written. I really enjoyed uh, that movie. That was a good uh, that was a good combination of two of the best horror slasher series uh, that we have right now. And for me, I like I like all of these movies. I all the genres, the, the whole bloody rainbow of of horror Halloween whatever you want to title it um i like them all i like the psychological i like the thrillers i like the the teen scream the pg-13 the rated r um the, the really out there ones uh, they're all there's there's something to enjoy in all of them and I, I i really encourage people to watch you know more horror movies it gets your heart rate up uh it kind of uh it's a bit macabre uh it, it's an enjoy it, it's a weird enjoyment um there's something about uh this macabre interest i've i've done a little bit of research on uh you know having a fascination with the macabre and you know it it connects to like sports and you know the gladiator arena uh, it's basically the same effect when you're watching other people in these kind of situations it still gives you the the reaction you have like an elevated heart rate your pupils dilate and if you can have that reaction with horror it kind of like you're you're like you're fixated on the screen the same way you would be on a gladiator fight uh, a sports match anything that's the same uh, reaction then that's where this macabre fascination you know and people have these these interests and it's definitely for me you know like i'm watching you know a good horror movie or something and i'm i'm like i'm focused on the screen and if you walk up behind me and and like tap me on the shoulder oh uh, take a step back because i'm gonna i'm gonna go through the roof i'm you're gonna scare the bejesus out of me like you know you get so fixated the world around you falls away and you're just you're watching you know you're going down this hallway and it's do 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 um i think that was the mario theme song <laughs> uh, or you know, <laughs> is it wrong theme song uh you know like it's uh you know if it's, it's this halloween movie it's dun, dun, oh man i know all of these like uh, no, oh, wow. Um, I think I just did a nightclub. 
uh, no, I'm trying, I'm spacing. Um, so it's like, it's a scary, uh, it's scary atmosphere. And you know, you're just fixated on the screen and you're getting this, like, this like psychosomatic, not psychosomatic, uh, Oh man, I'm going. Uh, I'm going blank for words here. You're you're enthralled, and you're fixated, and it's giving you this adrenaline rush, and you're 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 so engrossed. That's the word I'm looking for. Uh, that somebody could easily sneak up on you and scare you, which would be super rude. Not rude. It would be funny, but uh, it's just not. It's not a nice thing to do, especially if you're watching a horror movie. Like that's that's a good way to make somebody pee themselves. Uh, but <laughs> so um. You know, let's get let's go back to the, the the topic at hand. Um, why I love horror movies. Let's let's go there. Um, practical effects, and what what a director, what a what a special effects director, artist, uh, that what they can do. You know, um, you know, as a, as an example, like Tom Savini. Uh, you know, he changed zombies from the the disoriented people. You know, shuffling around with like white face paint on to you know in dawn of the dead to what we saw there you know he also worked on uh friday the 13th and designed a lot of the kills and the prosthetics and these you know, you know these body doubles that they used and it's just it's incredible when you when you watch these older movies and where they started with and you know it's all imagination it's all the the amazing imagination that these individuals have that they can then uh, you know, if they have the budget, and even if they don't have the budget, some of the, some of the most amazing uh, practical effects are are on low budgets, and practical over VFX. Uh, sometimes it's all because of the budget, but it also does this longevity. It 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 aids in the longevity. You watch Friday the Thirteenth from thirty years ago, and it looks amazing. The body horror, the 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 blood, it has. Uh, lasting power and then you watch you know a movie from the early 2000s that had a million dollar budget and they decided to in my opinion waste a good amount of that budget on at the time cutting edge technology but in in clear in five years it's 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 almost this like weird uncanny cartoon valley kind of thing you're looking at and it just pales in comparison to the practical effects and one of my favorite things nowadays is movies new movies that utilize practical effects one of my favorites is the void um it's by uh, jeremy galipsy and stephen uh costanza Kostansky? Yeah. Uh, they're the, both of the directors, but they're also the art director and special effects artist for the film. And they they make films in, in ode, in like tribute to the 70s style. And it's just amazing. The, like We're talking like the thing level of creature feature. And the void is... The movie itself is amazing, but the the, the, the practical effects that they use, it came out in 2016 and it's just mind blowing. You're you're sitting there in a in a sense of like, oh my god, oh what am I? Oh my! And it's like that, like you want to look away, you know, car crash scenario, but like you're just like you got your hand up in front of your face and you're kind of like looking through your fingers at the screen. You just can't pull yourself away. And that in that that right there is like one of the best things for me. It's like it's disturbing, but like also at the same time, I know it's not real. And in my mind, I, I just I know I'm gonna go up after, and I'm like. How did they do that? How how did you imagine that? And then the process to bring it to life. It's so amazing. Uh, the people involved in it are so talented. And it's this next level of artistic genius, in my opinion. And it's like, it's bringing into the real world the crazy imagination. Like, it's not just, you didn't just draw it. You, you made it. And you made it look so real that you terrify people with that that's an achievement that that i think is just it should be honored you know people should uh people should be uh you know in reverence of this this artistic genius that these you know special effects artists are able to create and not just on a computer 
but with real mediums, you know, with real uh, animatronic sometimes, puppetry, uh, rubberized flesh uh, that they've spent millions of dollars and decades refining. Like if you, that's one of the best things about The Void. If you compare it to um, the Friday the 13th, the first one, the great scene where Kevin Bacon, uh, you know, he's lying in bed and all of a sudden like an arrow comes up through his neck. If you watch the HD version of that, you can clearly tell there's like a rubberized plastic neck. Uh, they did a good job colorizing it. It rips, it doesn't really look like skin, looks like rubber, but great job there was you know uh, i watched a behind the scenes where like to get the blood to go up out of the wound there was literally people under the table with like a tube and a pump blowing the fake blood solution up out of the wound and then to compare that to the void almost 30 years later it, the the prosthetic skin that they use oh my god it looks like skin it looks like you could it looks like they took real skin and are starting to like rip it up they went to like the behind a hospital and took all the medical waste and then brought it onto the movie set it's just oh my god it's so well done i could gush about the practical effects for hours like just practical over vfx if you know what you're doing if you're a tom savini or one of the people from the void uh you know some other ones uh chris wallace you know he won an oscar for his special effects works on the fly with jeff goldblum you know be afraid be very afraid there's just like if if you have one of these guys uh you know rick baker uh you know he won uh you know best Os he won an oscar for best makeup effects like these guys just they are some like they're just geniuses man they're they you gotta you gotta watch some of their movies and you'll understand like what what i'm talking about here what i'm gushing about at this point <laughs> uh so the the movie that uh, rick baker uh he got his oscar for was his work on american werewolf in london uh, it's a great horror comedy from 1981 uh, uh so if you're if you like horror movies some of uh sorry not horror movies werewolf movies uh some of the best ones are soldier dogs uh that was a great um mid medium budget uh, movie and uh, there's also the Ginger Snaps series which I, I had planned on uh, watching all of them I think I only ever watched the first one so I have the I have them on my uh, 2022 Halloween horror marathon list uh, for this year so that's another one that I'm gonna be watching uh, practical effects people uh, if you, you just look up look up a list of good practical effects uh, horror movies and you won't be disappointed if if the new stuff is a bit too uh, grotesque or or, you know, it's going to make you a bit squeamish. Maybe look up some of the older stuff. Uh, you know, practical effects, they hold up, so they look great. But the older stuff, it's a bit easier to to be like, oh, okay, you know, like his head didn't actually get chopped off. Which, I mean, let's, let's acknowledge the fact that a horror movie is still fantasy. We're not watching, like, fucked up snuff films from the internet. We're watching entertainment. Uh, and, and uh, you know, I, I mentioned it at the top of the episode. There is your, your torture porn... Uh, uh, you know, people do play into that with your Saw movies. Um, you know, at the beginning, there was some there was some semblance of a like a good horror movie in the, in, in in saw and then it just kind of dis dis dissipates um deteriorates is another word for it uh into the later entries of the saw uh you know it just you know like this jigsaw character uh you know he keeps corrupting more people and it just kind of got uh you know to use an, to overuse a word trite and uh <laughs> cliche um and and so, like, then there was the Hostel series, and, I mean, don't get me started on Human Centipede. Uh, you know, the, the, the guy for that movie, he did, he left out that, like, what the Human Centipede would be until they had already started filming, if I remember correctly, and then, like, they had already put a lot of money into it, so, like, they just let him finish, and nobody was happy about that. Uh, but, you know, those so, those movies are pretty messed up, and, and they just kind of play into this smaller niche, and it's not, it's not all about that. Uh, your Final Destination movies are probably really up there in the gore and you know splash effects um though funnily enough those are some of my favorite movies and again 
they just never stop making them. The first uh, Final Destination movie came out in 2000, and they're making one right now, and I'm so excited for it. Uh, I've just been so excited for it since the last one came out, and they, I, I still, you know, have a gripe with the director and and the studio because they were like, if this Final Destination movie does well, we're gonna make two sequels right away, and it was the best one. It made the most money in the franchise, and we're still waiting for those sequels. Get your act together, people. Um, <laughs> uh, so uh, once we move away from uh, the practical and stuff, there there are some great VFX horror movies. Um, I can't name as many of them, though. That's the funny part. Um, but they're, they're, they're there. They're just as good. Okay, so I, I, I will admit I had to pull up a list of CGI horror movies, so I, I had something here uh, to, to put in. Um, so Friday, Friday, Friday versus Jason, there we go. That that uses uh, VFX, computer, you know, CGI, computer graphic images, um, and that's you know I said it before. It's one of my favorite. Uh, it the, the the remake of It, uh, Chapter One and Chapter Two, uh, those are absolutely terrifying, and the uh, it's all you know all computer graphics. Uh, so they're definitely, you know, they've gotten better over time, but the question for me is, you know, it chapter one, chapter two, uh, Freddy versus Jason, those came out still relatively recently, uh, more so for the, 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 it, the, the remakes of the it movies, but will they still look good 10 years from now? Will the VFX, you know, it has this effect, VFX has this effect, it's funny, um, that like it looks amazing now, but through the lens of time, as we continue to progress, do we, did we reach a plateau or does it just, it just kind of falls to the wayside and like, it, unfortunately, you know, this amazing, you know, movie that came out 2018, 2016, whatever have you, uh, that by maybe 2026, you know, 10 years later, you revisit it and you can just you can notice you're like oh that's that's not a real scene kind of in the way like you watch an old movie from the 2000s and like one minute you're watching like a live action movie and then it just switches and you're like oh that's a cartoon like that, that vfx scene is a cartoon the scene that comes to mind when i say that is the first harry potter when they're doing the quidditch uh not quidditch sorry when they're just learning to fly broomsticks and at one moment uh when neville when he goes up into the air and at one point it's it's the actual actors and they're doing a little bit of green screen screen effect and then all of a sudden it's just a cartoon child on a fake broomstick and they're just flying around like that I'm I'm curious uh, if that will what is what's going to happen you know like 10 20 30 years from now are we going to look back on these remade horror movies and are we going to be able to just be like oh that's fake you know like right now I don't think you obviously you'd be able to tell it's fake because like the giant spider with the giant clacking teeth and stuff like I know that doesn't exist but it doesn't look cartoon, right? Like, so that's my point. Like, will it, will it ever become this cartoony aspect where our eyes are like, oh, wow, I can recognize that. It's like, you know, you can see something about the way that it's layered onto the background or did they make it so well that it will stand the test of time? Kind of like, you know, these practical effects, like in the void, they've achieved such a great a job on those practical effects i don't think that in 10 years you'll be able to be like oh no that's fake i can see that that skin you know like skin doesn't rip that way no like they did a thorough good job um another great movie that uh it was the same director as the void uh pg psycho Goreman definitely recommend that one it's kind of like power rangers um in the sense of like the way that the, the characters are designed but it's absolutely so that's a horror comedy um and it's it's a really good one i recommend that one a lot and while talking about things to recommendation uh i would definitely recommend uh slasher tv um it's a new newish kind of idea uh i would uh, my, i dip my toes in with the scream adaptation and i think that it was probably one of the best um, ideas and it lends itself to being adapted um the it's because it's meta right so Wes craven his and the whole idea was that it's like a meta on the slasher genre and so it allowed them to kind of like 
like acknowledge that they're a series and like there's this whole scene in, in I believe it's the pilot where they're like you can't adapt a slasher movie into a series because slasher movies have to rise up really quickly and then there's like a resolve and you couldn't do that over the course of like multiple episodes but they were kind of like challenging themselves and like explaining that they could actually do it super well done and it had like three or four seasons and then there's like one extra season that it's not affiliated like it doesn't cut it doesn't follow the first three because of the deal between mtv and netflix fell through so they just uh so it was just like the final season was just uh, developed by mtv um but both both are, are absolutely amazing and then there's uh the netflix series slasher which uh recently just switched over again the deals fall through uh netflix canceled it but it got picked up by shutter which is a horror uh, streaming platform actually if you're looking for something like that Shutter would be a great place. They have a good amount of originals that they're still working on, and the the next season of Slasher will be a Shutter original. Now, um, that was another great. Uh, so that's an anthology series, kind of like American Horror Story, which again, great, uh, really freaking great uh, horror uh, TV series. I'm I'm personally just on the end of season two, Asylum. Uh, what's interesting about these ones is they're anthology series, so it's the same main group of actors, but in each season they play different characters telling different stories so that's american horror stories american horror story and uh slasher there's a new series called american horror stories uh which is like an in it tells stories like it goes back and tells stories about characters from different seasons of american horror story um but i need to watch like 10 eight more seasons of american horror story before i can start watching american horror stories uh but yeah slasher that was a great one each season is about like a different serial killer in a different area and sometimes it's a little bit supernatural and sometimes it's just like messed up people doing messed up things and it's great great actors uh the first season uh, has uh, katie mcgrath um who's uh, you know she was on supergirl and uh she's just she's phenomenal in it and uh that's a, that's a great series so there's there's more like i mentioned before um they adapted i know what you did last summer that's on amazon prime um there's there's so many more too like there's new ones coming out uh, netflix has a has an amazing series you always see these like crazy pretty terrifying little thumbnails in my opinion uh and those just like you know like the little fire like oh what's that uh, netflix also has the fear street um a trilogy which it's not it's not a, a series but it's a series of movies it's not tv series uh that was that was great they're actually in the works to make uh more they want to expand the fear street into like an actual like franchise its own universe kind of thing which i'm totally down for if you saw uh, the fear street movies um you know they take place over like it's like uh seven that uh, was it's the 70s the 80s there's fear street 1994 and then uh the lot like the most recent one uh was was like it was like a they were flashing back and forth it was a great series honestly i couldn't recommend it more um and so the director from that is working with netflix now they want to expand it and the idea is that like every x amount of years in this small town wherever it is they're like cursed and somebody goes crazy and so like every 10 years every 15 years there's a serial killer and so that's in itself just like that means that like if it's happened for like hundreds of years they in the in in the series they've already teased out all these different type of serial not different type but different serial killers who had different mo's and they're all super messed up like they gouge your eyes out or they like was a post guy like a postman that went you know crazier <laughs> there's a postman that went postal and so like they would basically be able to do a movie a tv series anything on each and every one of these established serial killers so like that is the bread and butter like i said the series it builds characters it builds lore it builds you know it gives it gives you something to argue about with you know your diehard film fans of like you know well in this movie they established that you know this would happen but you're like well you're not you know we're not talking about the movie from the 80s we're talking about the the new one and they 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 deliberately change that and it's just uh, it's so it's so much fun to uh, to have a, an argument not an argument uh, just like a debate you know like a differing of opinions over your uh, your 
your, your your forms of entertainment and these these fictional characters who are bound uh you know bound by these fictional rules of their you know how they get resurrected and what can kill them what can't kill them you know uh, do they have superpowers in this version uh, you know I, at one point i remember that jason got brought back by uh, lightning or something and at that that's when he just becomes like super invulnerable uh, which also happens in jason x the jason in space one he gets dropped into uh it basically becomes like a liquid terminator kind of deal and he's like super jason is is just hilarious it's hilarious at that point you're watching a horror movie but you're having a hard time not laughing the entire time which is which is like a, this other funny aspect and like yeah it's funny that you're laughing but it's it's in this it's this aspect of horror movies of this genre that you know if you're a fan or you're somebody like me and you're you're sitting down and, and you announce like i'm gonna watch all 11 friday the 13th movies or are all 11 uh hellraiser movies you kind of just acknowledge and accept the fact that you're gonna sit down and watch some really terrible movies because they you can't, you can't have 11 movies in a franchise and have them all be good we're not marvel we're not the mcu yet you know <laughs> some of these movies from the 70s and they kind of like they needed better editing uh some of them had had poor vfx let's be honest but um the the main you know your main you know not hellraiser hellraiser has good effects uh they they the practical effects were really good some of the vfx i'm thinking hellraiser 2 uh where like you're going through the hell maze that was just like it's clearly a big old background green screen with some tiny little people edited it in running, running around uh which is is you know they had they wanted to do something they wanted to depict hell and it didn't translate you know they they attempted something that didn't translate um but it, so yeah there's some some of them are just they're not they're not the greatest movies um but if i did have to pick not the greatest but uh you know i'm not gonna i'm not gonna try and you know champion something and say it's oh it's the greatest movie ever um to me they're some of the greatest movies ever but maybe maybe don't share my opinion that's totally valid um but uh so if i had to pick some favorites let's pick some favorites here uh the void easily at the top of my list the void 2006 check that out uh it's the one with a big triangle um in the background because there is there is another movie with a similar name if it's not the void it's i believe it actually is the void but it just came out maybe a couple years later or a couple years earlier um it's kind of a generic name when you think about it but uh so 2016 one look for a big like white triangle and it takes place in a hospital i don't want to give away too much uh look up that one uh in terms of tv series i would recommend the slasher series uh the scream series uh anything that's on amazon prime or netflix honestly anything from the last few years most of them are cr pretty amazing uh, they've done a really good job on you know understanding the genres and they're just like hard-hitting poor psychological uh good stories you know really well paced out um, if you're like me, maybe wait for the season to end so that you can binge watch it so that you don't get left on a on a cliffhanger and then you got to wait like six months or something for the answer because we, we, we all hate that, don't we? Like everybody loves binge watching and, and just, you know, a whole season dropping at once. That's That's what we live for. It's what I live for. It's what I'm looking forward to. I see a new, you know, series. I know I'm waiting for the new slasher series. I'm waiting for a new season of, uh, you know, I know what you did last summer, and I just I want the entire thing at once. And if it's if it's airing on Disney, we know that we're not going to get that. Unfortunately, there's nothing we can do about it. In my opinion, the only reason to continue doing a serial a serial release for a streaming show. Wow, that's a lot of S's. Serial release for a streaming show uh, is to keep your your name and your platform in the headlines you know you have a 10 episode season you have 10 episodes to air and you put one episode out for 10 weeks and you're you're in the headlines and everybody's talking about you every week for 10 weeks and if that if that earns them more money and gets them more advertising uh, revenue then you know that's that's their decision but I, in my opinion and and in my uh, habits i'm gonna wait for week 11 and i'm gonna watch all 10 episodes so <laughs> maybe maybe you you draw me in uh you know I will say I succumbed to She-Hulk. Uh, you know, I'm waiting for the next episode of She-Hulk. Uh, but 
She-Hulk is in a horror movie, so let's uh, let's bring it back in. Uh, so after The Void, uh, I would recommend any of the big series, honestly. We haven't even talked about uh, Chucky. That's one of the best series. Chucky is actually the only series that has the same uh, story, the same story from the first movie to the most recent movie. I'm not, I'm not claiming the series. There's a Chucky series. They adapted even Chucky is, is being still made into new into a new series. Uh, I think there's a season two or season three coming out. Um, I don't know if that's following the same story, um, but the movies all the way back from like Chucky Child's Play 1, 2, Seed of Chucky, Bride of Chucky, oh, Bride of Chucky, then Seed of Chucky, The Curse of Chucky, The Cult of Chucky, they all follow. It's the same Chucky. It's the same bad guy. He died in the first movie. He possessed a doll and it's been happening the same way. It's the only series that has that. All the other series. No, sorry. That's not true. Scream. Sorry. Scream also has it. Uh, so two series. Uh, Scream still follows uh, the story of Cindy. Uh, you know, it's Nev Campbell. And uh, so, yeah, there's some. That's really cool, in my opinion, because if you're watching, um, you know, Friday the 13th or Nightmare on Elm Street, they just retcon a lot they they change the story i mentioned that but in chuck in the case of chucky it's it's just the same story so if you watch you got to watch them in order then right that's what i'm that's what we're saying uh you, you have to watch from the very first movie then you gotta watch the second the third um there's not as many in the chucky series i think there's only six or seven and then there's two seasons if you count that uh, but definitely chucky makes it to the top of the list it's, it's kind of hilarious the chucky movies honestly because it's one of those series where it is a serious movie uh, it's a serious horror in the beginning the first chucky's child's play one and two uh by the time we get to bride of chucky and seed of chucky they've they've brought in the elements of comedy and if i remember correctly by after whatever comes after bride of chucky uh, which I believe is Seed of Chucky. Uh, at this point, they're like they're famous and like they're making a movie and they're actually starring in it. And I, I don't know if they're like acknowledging the fact that the puppets are like former murderers and stuff, but like it's it gets it gets comical uh, towards the later end of the the Chucky movies. And that's you know it's it's Chucky and and uh, I still I still highly recommend it if you're if you're uninitiated to the Chucky series, definitely uh, look up Chucky. Then it would be your Friday the Thirteenth. Nightmare on Elm Street, the ones we've been talking about this entire episode. Uh, those are some of the the great originals. Also, check out The Fly. Maybe not the second one, the first Fly with Jeff Goldblum. You gotta love that Goldblum magic, and you know it has the that that amazing quote like "Be afraid." Be very afraid which you know it's kind of funny because like he's just becoming this grotesque fly creature um i feel you, you would have expected that scene or that line to be from like hellraiser or you know one of the more you know grotesque uh you know everyone's getting murdered but in this one it was just like some scientist turning into like a mutated fly creature which was you know it's a, it's a great it's a great line uh either way uh, and uh, so the fly, um, like I said, not the fly two. That was kind of a bore. Uh, they always try to crank out a sequel, but there's no gold bloom, so there was no point in my opinion. Uh, you know, after that, there's just there's so many movies. You know, I've been as I'm saying, I'm doing the uh, 31 Nights of Halloween Horror, and what's what's impressive is that like this is the third, maybe fourth year I've been doing this. So if you do. 30 or 30 plus movies every year and this is my fourth year this is like 120 horror movies and there's still so many more to go like i had you know and it, it you know the first year it was basically all friday the 13th and nightmare on elm street with nine movies for nightmare on elm street and 11 movies for friday the 13th that's almost 30 movies right there you got like 20 was that like 19 20 movies or something like that um this 21 movies yes yeah, 21 movies that's that's almost the entire month of halloween is uh, the entire month of halloween the entire month of october your entire lead up to halloween is two movie franchises with a few sprinkled in between uh so that's incredible and then you know you just you have all of the standalone movies uh the franchises do make up a big portion of it so like this year hellraiser it's 11 movies uh but they're just they're so they're so entertaining honestly there's so much entertainment there and what's really cool one of the things i didn't touch upon is a lot of these horror series and movies and stuff they end up being adapted into uh comic books uh there's some great comic book material for hellraiser 
Hellraiser, uh, Aliens, Terminator. I'm, I'm not sure if Chucky or some of the other ones have them. Uh, some of the other series have been adapted into video games. There was the Friday the 13th game, uh, which kind of fell apart because of this lawsuit uh, between... Well, it's not a lawsuit. It was this, like... This standing, this new law or or changing of the laws where creators had the opportunity to retrieve or buy back their uh, like their writing, like the characters that they created, and this like misconstrued or confused judge was like the guy who wrote the first Friday the Thirteenth. They gave him the rights to the Jason character, but why it's being appealed and what's happening right now is that like nobody like he he in the first Friday the Thirteenth movie there is no Jason. As a little spoiler here, the movie came out a really long time ago. Uh, it was it was his mother. It was Mrs. Voorhees. So like, yeah, he gave the name Voorhees, and yeah, he named the character, but he didn't name any not name. He didn't design the character. He didn't design Jason. He didn't create any of that. The the character uh, that we recognize as Jason doesn't really appear until the third fourth movie like he dons the 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 goaltender's mask but the overalls and all of that doesn't doesn't actually make an appearance until like the third or fourth movie and at that point the original writer from the first friday the 13th movie he wasn't involved whatsoever so yeah I would say he's owed some royalties. He, he created the foundation of the Friday the 13th series, but to to turn around and take all of those rights, the character images, they name all of that from the studio and just give it to this individual, I think is totally um, unjust and the studio is appealing it. And unfortunately what that means is that all of the Friday the 13th projects that were in the works when this uh this whole debacle like this whole law debacle thing you know the right the ownership of the rights came up it basically just destroyed them all there was a few i think there was a reboot in the work and there was a video game that's what i was getting to um they were adapted into video games and there was this really good one friday the 13th and it just got it got completely derailed because they basically put a mortuary mortuum mortuum mortician <laughs> i don't know the word for that one i don't think it's mortuary though um, uh, they put a hold basically on you on allowing the video game developers and anybody basically on using the icon, the name, the images that are associated with Friday the 13th until they could decide like who the rightful owner of the character and all this trademark stuff is. So unfortunately for that, we we've lost uh, Friday the 13th for the last uh, few years and we haven't gotten another movie or, uh, you know, another uh, video game iteration and that original video game um it was really good uh the it was uh basically it created this new um kind of dynamic in video games where instead of like being two teams of five you know trying to champion each other you know team deathmatch or something it was like a a one v five so like one person against five people or, or more and the reason is that like that one person is playing as jason and the other people are all the camp you know the camp goers the camp counselors and stuff and they have to try to survive against jason so they have that one person playing the game walking around you know he's super strong he has weapons and all the other people have like flashlights and they have to try to run around and, and and try to avoid him and be the last one live it be the last one alive um i think there I, I to be honest i never had a chance to play the game so i think there was some other well, that's my cell phone ringing that was the uh, theme song from ninja turtles there <laughs> um and uh so i think there was uh there was some potential in that game there's also uh some other games dead by uh dead by daylight um that uses uh, like a whole melange of characters, yeah, horror characters, but in the same style. Um, I'm not 100% sure on the gameplay mechanics of that one, but it's a horror game, and I know that they use real characters. They've imported uh, real horror movie characters into that game. Uh, so that's a really cool, um, you know, world that we're like, an, an ad adaptation of some of these really awesome characters and uh, these this lore. You know, it's cool to be able to pick up a controller and be Freddy, and you know, use his big claws, or you know, be you know, maybe Hell 
you know pinhead from hellraiser and you can you know throw out your chains and you know if you if you know these characters you know they all have like signature weapons and signature styles so uh adapting these characters and into uh playable characters something that i've i thought was really cool and uh it's a really cool medium uh you know as, as a big fan it's something that's really enjoyable and that's horror movies you know in a nutshell it's something that i i really enjoy uh it's it's it takes these you know the movie uh that i all these movies that i enjoy and the the genre and uh the industry and then there's there's a little bit more to it you have to you know you have to do some practical effects you have to translate all of these amazing uh you know horrible scenarios into you know something on screen and it it requires to be in, you know, a bit uh, MacGyver-ish at the beginning. You know, when they were making some of the first, the early movies, they really didn't have the knowledge on how do we do this? How do we, you know, we have it in the script. They wrote it. The director wants it to look a certain way, but how are we going to do it? And, you know, in uh, a great example is in uh, the first Halloween movie. It came out in 1978, and they were, the, the, the producer, the person that had the production company, his idea um, was that he wanted it to be more like the horror, horror stories, the scary stories that they used to tell on the radio. That's what he grew up with. And it was about, it was more about being uh, scary through subversion. And he came up with all these ideas. Uh, so one of the cool things, in, if you're a bit squeamish, uh, Halloween has no blood. There's no blood in the first Halloween movie. I don't say that about the next Halloween movies. Uh, after the first, I think the first two, they definitely get a bit, uh, you know, blood. There's more than just the blood on the tip of the knife, you know. Um, but in that first Halloween movie, the vision was that it was going to be more imaginative, like uh, the, the scary parts, like you had to... It's more about the ambiance, right? They, it's dark. They have the the theme music going, and his idea, which would become the basics for basically horror movies, uh, which wasn't what they had set out to do. They were just trying to make a movie. Um, was you know they give you a street scene, and the you know the background characters or the main character is walking into a house on the left, and you know, your, your eyes are following there. And then maybe at the last second or the entire time on the right side of the screen in the shadows is Michael, you know, it's, it's it distract them on the left, scare them on the right. And that was a great, it's a great trope. It became a trope, it, but it was a great idea. It's a great concept. And you know, we see that all over horror now. Uh, so it's just, it's so, it's such a multitude of things that go into horror movies that make them so interesting. Um, and that's what my, that's what the appeal is for me. Um, that's why I love horror movies. And I hope, uh, I hope you've heard of a, maybe a movie you didn't hear about before, or this is, you know, given, you know, giving you that little encouragement to uh, maybe turn all the lights on, on a nice sunny, day this you know this october uh if you're you know uninitiated to horror movies maybe during during the day i will admit there are horror movies that i will only watch during the day if it has to do with ghosts or dark rooms i don't want it to be dark when i watch that movie i don't watch the movie and then go go for a nice walk in the sunlight and remind myself that uh you know that i'm not going to get eaten in the darkness uh because it, it, it you know it's it's still fantasy but it can still uh, it can still make you a bit scared you can still get the the goosebumps and uh you know if you're walking up from the basement and you're turning the lights off you know you just start to go a little bit faster and then you just scramble up the stairs as you turn off that last light these are things that just horror movies that you just kind of remember in the back of your head like oh no you're going into that dark back room you know uh it's kind of just you know it's good fun it's good fun especially around halloween you know maybe jump out at somebody with a michael's Meyer, michael myers mask and uh, it's just it's all good fun so that's uh, that's horror movies this has been episode eight i really enjoy horror movies i hope you've really enjoyed this episode and Stay tuned for more episodes. We've got a lot coming up. Now, this has been episode eight of The Nerd Review. I hope you enjoyed this episode. We'll be talking more movies and TV shows in upcoming episodes. And until then, this is The Nerd signing off.